We're walking through Luke chapter 10 today as we focus on a familiar story, one that maybe you've heard before, you probably have heard before, the Good Samaritan. But before we dig into the story and those familiar verses and that narrative that takes place of the people finding this poor uh, man on the side of the road and Jesus teaching in the midst of that, it's good for us to understand where this is coming from and really what the book of Luke is all about in the first place. In the book of Luke, Jesus is announced as bringing the kingdom of God near. He is uh, bringing the kingdom of God into the presence of the people that are with him. Oftentimes, people think of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, as some place that's different, some place that's far away, some place that's coming only after we die. In the meantime, we're simply trying to get there. But in Luke's gospel, we understand that Jesus brings the kingdom of God here, near, in this very realm, in this place, on this earth, in our lives. And he invites the people who believe in his word to participate in that kingdom of God. So what does it mean to be one who is in the kingdom of God? What does it mean to believe in Jesus? He's announcing that he is the king over this kingdom. He's bringing it to bear on the earth. And when you believe in Jesus and trust in his rule over your life, your life looks different than the way it was before. Now we know that God gave his people laws and decrees to prepare them for the coming Messiah, to prepare them for the ruler that would come in and establish this kingdom of God. He was preparing his people for Jesus. But over the course of time, as humans always do, we're corrupt, we're broken, we're selfish. The way that that covenant was understood began to be uh, misunderstood. It began to be curved in toward the people themselves instead of keeping their eyes toward God and toward the people around them. And so pieces of this trickle through as we read through the Gospels, as we read through the Bible, and we understand that uh, maybe this understanding that the religious leaders had at the time wasn't quite right. And in the verses leading up to today's story, there's this short interaction between Jesus and this expert of religious law, an expert, a teacher, someone who had made a profession of understanding the law of God. But he knows Jesus is an authoritative teacher. He knows he's a powerful miracle worker. So he says, Jesus, what am I supposed to do to enter the kingdom of God? To enter the kingdom of heaven? What does it mean to be in the kingdom? And Jesus says, well, what does the law tell you? What does God's instruction tell you? And the man answers, uh, to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus simply responds, that's right. You've got it right. If you do those things, if you love God and you love the people around you, You'll be in the kingdom of heaven. And the man, wanting to really get things right, asks Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? There's no question about whether we need to love God to be in his kingdom, to be participating in what it means to be his child, to be a member of his family. But what about our relationships with other people? What about the connections and interactions we have with others? The man wants to get it right. He wants to know who Jesus means by loving your neighbor as yourself. So he asks Jesus, who is my neighbor? And then Jesus opens up with this story from Luke chapter 10. Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, 
he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man, the religious expert, replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Sometimes uh, we get so familiar with a story that we forget just how concise and short this story is. I can remember as a child reading through the Good Samaritan children's books or seeing the, the VeggieTales videos or other kids' movies that came out exemplifying the story, and there always was kind of an extension of the narrative to make it a little bit more understandable or easier to, to, to digest as, as a younger child, as a kid. But as we read through the gospel today, it's just 10 to 15 verses of what Jesus is teaching this religious law expert the profundity of this brief story really starts to hit home. Here is a priest, one of the most revered members of the Jewish society at the time, and a temple assistant, someone who made their living assisting in the temple alongside the priests. Both of these exemplary people, both of these role models for the public, see the man beaten up on the side of the road and they passed by. Maybe they had important things to get to. Maybe there was a meeting that they couldn't miss. Maybe someone was counting on them to be somewhere, but the point is they saw a man in need and they kept walking. But then someone else comes along, someone who Jesus describes as despised. Now, uh, I don't know the best way to maybe translate this into today's terms, but can you think of a population or someone who is near to you in life, someone who's close by that you despise? simply because of who they are, a characteristic about them, maybe the team that they, that, that they cheer for, maybe the region that they come from, maybe the language that they speak or the job that they do, maybe the issues that they stand up for, maybe the way that they speak, they're despised by you. They are avoided by you. They're someone that you don't respect or someone you won't give the time of day. For Jesus, this was the Samaritans. They lived nearby Jerusalem. They were in the region just to the north, and they didn't worship the way that the covenant Jews were called to worship. Because of this, it led to generations of issues between these two populations. And so for a Samaritan to see someone on the side of the road who wasn't from Samaria, no one would have questioned the fact that this guy who all of them despised and he despised, all of them would have just kept going because it wasn't the right kind of person down there on the side of the ditch. It wasn't another Samaritan. But to the listener's surprise, this despised Samaritan, that's all we know about him. He's despised. He goes over to the man who's beaten up. He lifts him up. He cleans off his wounds. He takes him to a safe place. He provides for his needs for the night. For, uh, he, he provides enough money for a few days, maybe a few weeks of care at that inn and says, I'll come back and check on it and I'll pay the bill if it goes over this, uh, this amount, these two silver coins, which at the time would have been a, a, a su- substantial amount of money to pay for the needs of that man. So the question is, okay, who was the neighbor? And the religious expert, he's not, he's not a fool. He understands what Jesus is saying. The man who showed him mercy. I think sometimes we struggle with the same thing. 
we have people in our lives who we despise. Maybe uh, as we think about that list uh, we just laid out together, the people that talk differently, that look differently, that come from a different place, that eat differently, that worship differently, that stand up for different things, that uh, cheer for different things, that drive different cars, that work in different places. Sometimes those differentiating characteristics drive a barrier between us and other people. Sometimes it can happen in our own house. Sometimes it can happen in our own workplace, our own friendships. Divisions start to be built up and we begin to despise or grow frustrated to a point of consistency and perpetuity with the people against whom we are divided. But Jesus says, to be in the kingdom of God, one must love their neighbor as themselves. And when asked who our neighbors are, The answer is anyone to whom we might show mercy. Anyone who might show mercy to us. I find it interesting that Jesus uses this despised person to show mercy toward the subject of the story. The listeners had more in common with the man laying in the ditch than the one who came and helped him. So Jesus is painting the picture of the neighbor as the one who's showing mercy to the listener. Sometimes we get used to being the one that's acting out in mercy, but what about when we are in need of mercy and receive it from an unlikely source? Have you ever been helped by someone who you wouldn't have expected? This is kind of a silly example, but I was at a a music um, sort of festival with my family when I was a kid, and there was, um, there's a few, you know, heavy metal Christian bands there. I know it sounds strange, but they were there. And there's people who loved that music and also kind of loved the metal lifestyle. So they had mohawks and neon styled hair. And they had, there's this couple and they were wearing, you know, leather jackets, a lot of um, metal accessories and chains, bright, shining mohawks. And in a stroller, there was a little baby with a bright blue mohawk as well. And all I really remember about this interaction, I was probably in first or second grade at the time. I just remember my mom saying, you know, they were just the sweetest people. And she was saying it with this surprise because for whatever reason, there was this idea that people who looked so differently than, than we did wouldn't have the same characteristics of, of, of niceness, of being kind, of being good neighbors. And yet, even in that strange circumstance, God showed mercy. And those people were living out love for their neighbor because this Christian festival was a gathering in a sense of the kingdom of God, the people that populate God's family. You would think that would be the first place we'd expect to encounter mercy, care, kindness, tenderness toward other people. So as you think about those that may have showed mercy to you, apply it the other direction. Think about who you might show mercy toward you you would normally consider outside of your realm of influence or influence or or realm of care, sphere of interaction. Who are the despised people in your life we are called to show mercy to? Because after all, at the end of the day, God showed us mercy through Jesus. The fact that Jesus came to earth at all to bring about the kingdom of God is an act of mercy. The fact that he was teaching these people what it means to be in God's family, to be in his kingdom, to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, even while we're living and walking on earth, is an act of mercy. And in showing that mercy to us, he welcomes us into this kingdom when we believe in his word. But believing is not the end of the story. When we believe in God, he begins to change and transform us and gives us the opportunities to live out that new identity of a merciful neighbor, loving the people around us, whether they are in or outside of the kingdom of God. Jesus came 
to show mercy. Jesus calls us to show mercy too. So next time you think about the question, you catch yourself asking, who is my neighbor? Know that it is whoever God might use you to show his mercy toward. Let's be merciful as we grow together this summer.